0: Welcome back to The Remote Life. My name is Han Talbot, also known as Han Meets World, and today we'll be chatting with Orest Zub. Originally from Ukraine, Orest is a travel blogger and entrepreneur looking to raise awareness of the current situation in his home country. In this episode, we talk about his current work around the war, what we can do as individuals to help Ukrainians, and what this could mean for the future of the country. So grab a coffee, a tea, or something stronger, and let's get started. Amazing. So we are live. Orest, welcome to The Remote Life. How are you?
1: Nice to see you here and uh, thanks for having me. So feeling ready for the nice conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We're sat on the beautiful rooftop at Coworking Bansko. It's a nice day, surrounded by beautiful mountains. Like, what's there to complain about? It's amazing. So let's dive straight in, connect the dots for us. What brings you here? How did you get into the remote life? Tell us about you.
1: My name is Orest. I am originally from Ukraine and my native city is Lviv in the west of Ukraine. And now uh, all those places became pretty famous in the recent month. So I'm actually a digital nomad since the last decade. Mm -hmm. I visited already over 120 countries around the world. And, you know, was experiencing a beautiful digital nomad life, which is one of the best one people can only imagine. Amen. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when the war in Ukraine, the full-scale war in Ukraine started, because the actual war is happening all the way from 2014, when Russia annexed Crimea and opened the war in Donbass. So when this full-scale invasion happened, I just decided to participate in the... Uh, all possible types of resistance and to do what I do the best, meaning uh, doing representation, engaging all my international network and uh, relying on the um, media skills to deliver the message of Ukraine out there to the world. So basically here in Bansko is just a one example of what I'm doing during the war, mm. uh, which is uh, visiting events all around yeah. Europe, which is engaging local organizations and maybe political units to continue supporting Ukraine.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we met briefly in Workplace Culture Conference where you're also doing the same. Do you want to tell people a little bit more about what you've been chatting to people about at conferences and just give us a little insight?
1: So um, my... Uh, main profession before, like for the last 10 years, was being a blogger mm-hmm. and uh, many different uh, online business ventures uh, around online media. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm, when the war in Ukraine started, our focus of our team completely shifted to deliver the war message topic. Uh, first of all, it required to start English language uh, channels and, and media platforms that they didn't have before. Uh, I was working only on the Ukrainian audience and local market. However, fortunately, I'm fluent in English, so I'm able to do this. And uh, number one uh, tool is uh, simply like you know doing videos visiting conflict areas visiting the occupied areas and um, spreading uh, in the video photo and text materials uh, globally in english what is actually happening in ukraine from the local perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, secondly is talking on the conferences mm-hmm. and third is establishing cooperation with local organizations so here my participation looks in the following way uh, i had a like uh, the talk yes on the the stage Mm -hmm. where i uh, told how the life of a digital nomad changed in ukraine when the war started so obviously we have this like main topic war in ukraine but Mm -hmm. there are many different ways you can present it yes Mm -hmm. politicians present it in one way and uh, Mm -hmm. since i'm part of the nomad community and nomad event i presented the way so nomads can relate to it and understand it yes so I explained that, for example, uh, such things as freedom of movement is kind of limited now, mm. which is a true value for digital nomads, and that's why they can really appreciate and understand it. Yeah. I, I explained that there are situations when you can have to pack actually all your life in one uh, backpack, what digital nomads actually also do but from for a different reason than in ukraine and those are like the the points how you can touch the heart of people or different communities Mm -hmm. and make them feel make them really think about ukraine more and obviously i was providing some action steps what to do if they want to help to participate in ukraine and for nomads uh, there are good ways to do it first of all Everybody is working remotely, or at least most of them are. So it's possible to hire uh, Ukrainian uh, remote workers, which is a good and easy step, which doesn't require any sacrifices from nomads, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, you can choose uh, some kind of organization that relates to your interests. For example, uh, children charity, pet charity, uh, logistics, and other things. And you can more deeply participate there with your own skills, your own proficiency, or donate money. Because uh, war, first of all, is the combat of economies so the more money are involved the more chances are there to win Mm. and um, just
0: ask a quick question on that one where which places would you say the money is best placed like that
1: number one priority is military Mm -hmm. because um, if ukraine will lose military in this war and the war is always military first of all uh, the question is uh, which country become a victim of russian federation next so it's in the interest of everybody to keep the active combat on the field in Ukraine. Uh, let us do the dirty job on the field. Mm. And uh, that's why uh, a lot of money are required to buy drones, tanks, all these like, things that unfortunately kill people. But uh, this is necessary because as now we understand, Russia is the entity that the only language they understand is the brutal power. Mm -hmm. At least this is what we see from the actions and from the recent history. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the unfortunate truth. Uh, At the same time, I understand that uh, many people and nomads, including, uh, would like to support some initiatives that doesn't involve uh, lethal uh, consequences, which is okay, I understand this. And that's why there are a bunch of different options that I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So in terms of monetary donations, first is uh, military support. If you don't like to do so, there are a bunch of other things in regard to your um, preferences. So, for example, here in in Bansko, which became a a kind of big hub for Ukrainian refugees because it has all this amazing tourist infrastructure and this is the shoulder season, so it's not busy. Mm. Uh, Over a thousand uh, Ukrainians found a shelter over here. And uh, uh, within a couple of days, I visited a a local um, kids organization that they, you know, help kids to play, to to spend some time because most of the refugees are women with kids. Mm -hmm. So let's say there is like a single mother who has two children and she simply cannot handle all of this. So that's why this like refugee kindergarten, if you can tell, so Mm -hmm. they take care of kids. Yes, and they need money. So I donate them a little bit. And also on the event here, uh, I was talking about uh, my other initiatives that I do uh, on the pre- uh, recent conference in, in um, Croatia, a nomad base. We collected uh, over $8,000 in total, uh, which made me possible to buy a van for the orphanage in Ukraine, you know, to wow. move children up and down. And uh, I continue supporting that orphanage, but on this event, since I raised a couple of hundred dollars within my short speech, uh, half of this money I donated already to the local kids charity uh, here in Bansko. So that's yeah. how things actually work.
0: Amazing! That's incredible. It's yeah, it's just mind blowing like, yeah. the work that you're doing. So yeah, kudos to you as well.
1: It's actually not so easy. But, like uh, yeah. you know, I'm entrepreneur. I'm the nomad. I was always doing this kind of online ventures, and at certain point. Doing the business as I was doing this before simply didn't make Mm. any sense to me anymore. Uh, For one point, for me, it's much easier just to earn money than to do the raising Mm. because it requires different uh, different psychology. Mm -hmm. And as an entrepreneur, I'm not used to ask or, or, or raise stuff. Uh, But in these circumstances, we understand that uh, the scale is much bigger than your uh, own capacities. Mm. And uh, since people are willing to contribute and to participate in this global movement, Mm. uh, I'm fine with doing that because I understand that I have uh, the options to do so. So I can talk, I am fine with public speaking, I I do have some presentation skills. which uh, I mean, I have to use everything I can and everything I, I, I can do in order Order to participate in this matter mm. and uh, in addition to that uh, i would like to tell that uh, every ukrainian and you personally we are super grateful for this tremendous support that ukraine is uh, actually enjoying at the moment not only monetary but also all types of the humanitarian aid all type of media support uh, this is actually the unique situation in the human history when uh, it's so clear Uh, where you draw a line between good and bad. Mm. That's why, actually, every Western country unanimously uh, support uh, Ukraine. And uh, that just shows that we are moving in the right direction.
0: I think it's so true, though, especially like I have a background in the travel industry in London. And I think the travel industry in general, and especially digital nomads, are much more interested in how they can also give back and how they can actually contribute to where they're going, whether they've been there, whether they're going, whether they are there now. What is kind of one thing you would love digital nomads or the travel industry in general to know about what's going on? And one thing that, I mean, obviously you've mentioned some ways that people can obviously get involved if they want to. What is kind of like something you would say like, right, this is 100% a way that you can do?
1: So first of all, uh, travel industry doesn't exist now in Ukraine. Since the country is at war, Mm -hmm. all the airlines have been stopped. Mm. flying to ukraine it's a no-fly zone from civil aviation Mm. standpoint and uh, i i mean i completely relate like no no insurance company will work there and so on however you you also have to understand that it's not like it's an entire war zone yeah Mm. ukraine is the largest european country it's like three times the size of united kingdom for example yeah and uh, if there is an active combat near the front line, it doesn't mean that the entire country is in fire. Mm. Actually, most of the country is not. I live in the west of Ukraine, in Lviv, which is around 1,000 kilometers away from the front line, which is more or less the same distance as from my city to München or Frankfurt in Germany,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is more than halfway to the United Kingdom. Mm. Uh, meaning that, uh, like, there is more risk to get into the traffic accident than to be a victim of the war. Yes, and during the entire four month of the war, uh, there are only six casualties caused by the war directly, mm. which is not much for a one million population city, of course. Uh, that's why I would encourage uh, travel companies to start looking at ukraine as the travel destination for adventure tours yeah Uh, you can fly to poland you take you buy tickets online for the regular trains across the border to lviv and then you can travel around let's say western half of ukraine exploring the history uh, looking some landmarks seeing kiev And also maybe seeing uh, the occupied areas that really suffered uh, of the Russian occupation. You know, I'm talking about Bucha, Irpin. So this is the place where you really can see fresh ruins and the result, uh, the devastation result of the war. I don't want to turn this into the promotion of a war tourism on itself but rather on discovery tourism you know because once you visit those areas personally and you realize how bad is war uh, first of all it makes you understand things much better also by visiting ukraine you go deeper into the cultural aspect so you 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 appreciate the, your certain understanding the local people much more. I would like to stress out that Ukraine recently became the official member, a candidate to join the European Union. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of days ago, it was already announced by European Council.
0: Amazing.
1: So uh, the way is only best word for Ukraine. And these companies that will unbox at first will definitely benefit uh, in the in the long term mm-hmm. uh, also uh, once more and more foreigners start arriving to the country this makes a bigger signal to other people around the world yes mm-hmm. and the, the pros will continue so um, i mean a couple of th- two days ago richard branson visited ukraine a few weeks earlier angelina jolie visited ukraine mm-hmm. obviously all the top politicians they make a pilgrimage to ukraine because it became fashionable in the <laughs> in the geopolitics of the world ukraine is definitely now the now the number one topic globally for the last uh, 4 months mm-hmm. and um, yeah just uh, stick to it because uh, it feels like the future of our world now is being resolved in ukraine
0: interesting very interesting perspective do you think being a digital nomad has been able to give you the the more of the freedoms to be able to raise awareness around what's been going on do you think that's kind of given you of course of course
1: since i was a digital nomad for many years uh, i met so many people we uh, maintained Mm. relations and uh, uh, this was like the the kickstart for this right because from the very first day of the invasion dozens of nomads were writing to me like orders Like, I really really feel sorry about this, just for you to know you have a place to stay in case Mm -hmm. you need whatever support you need, just let us know. Uh, So this helped me to um, start my messaging Mm -hmm. and from that it grew and grew and uh, now I'm relying on these uh, networks to continue working on the topic uh, of Ukraine, so absolutely yes. Uh, also, the proficiency in English language because of communication before I'm able to to continue this. And um, before uh, the invasion, Ukraine was kind of becoming uh, was becoming a, a hub for digital nomads as well. Mm. Many people were moving there, yeah. so uh, it's many people relate to Ukraine as well, and uh, this definitely helps.
0: What are the top three things that people should know about Ukraine, or like the top the best three things to know as a visitor?
1: So first of all, um, Ukraine now is, uh, every Ukrainian now deeply has in their heart the true values of freedom and democracy mm. that many people in the West take for granted and kind of appreciate it. So if you want to refresh those feelings, Ukraine is like the number one destination to, to feel the atmosphere of t- true freedom. Mm. This is number one. Uh, second it is very very it and tech savvy country Mm. for example uh, we have a ministry of digital transformation which does so much to digitalize the entire country Mm. Uh, banking system is so much more advanced than than in european union you can move money much faster well. and you don't need all these uh, complicated uh, things that you guys have to wait for two days or, or, or so on. Right. Internet is among the fastest mm-hmm. in the world. So those are the three and then we can
0: what about, start from there. What about uh, in terms of like one dish or one drink that we've got to try and we get there?
1: Okay, so uh, one dish that really stands out from Ukraine is borscht. is a red beetroot soup. Okay. Uh, nothing like this uh, exists anywhere else, and uh, just borscht. It's kind of complicated to spell because you've got this c h c h s h and so on. Yeah, borscht, <laughs> borscht, Yes, but that's very. It's nice, heavy, uh, meaty mm. soup. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, another thing, what's really good is uh, varenike it's potato dumplings mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously the entire world knows the meatball which calls chicken Kiev.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: that's the one. So, yeah. I
0: feel like we should maybe challenge people to like make one of these dishes, tag you and then like do something that's going to like help the situation as well. So, I would appreciate this, of yeah. course. Like, we'll have to figure something out afterwards. So what do you think is going to happen next with Ukraine? Obviously, you can't tell everything. But
1: first of all, we have to realize that now there is an active war happening in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And if, uh, the, like the first month, that everybody was like watching the events, mm-hmm. that when Kiev was besieged and and when the areas got deoccupied, we seen the results mm-hmm. of of the occupation. It was more about the urban warfare. Now, once the entire focus shifted to the East, mm. where we have the open plains, uh, it, it it does feel like it's uh, pictures from World War II with the tanks, yeah. artillery, trenches, mud. It's all like, you know, going over 150 Ukrainian soldiers die every day. Mm. So the numbers are really huge. And uh, the first what we have to do is to stop the war, <laughs> of course, as, mm-hmm. as soon as possible. And the entire world is is working on that however it does feel that uh, so many people became attached to ukraine that as soon as the world be finished uh, it will become like a new el dorado because with so many investments flock into with so many people trying to visit it uh, participate in the reconstruction i've seen already some uh, manifestos of architectures, you know, mm. that they want to rebuild the new city completely from scratch. Yes, mm. and all the organizations that they flock in. So uh, that definitely will be the golden time for Ukraine. Mm. I don't know when it will start. Uh, it looks like the war will take quite some time. I'm talking months or maybe even years. It's very hard to predict things. And uh, that's why we uh, really rely on the international aid. Uh, In order not only to let the combat go west more, but to push it back, to restore the integrity of of Ukraine, uh, to restore peace and uh, to make the world a better place.
0: Amazing. Is there anything else you want anybody to know about the situation, about what you're doing? Yeah,
1: like uh, just uh, I started this mission with the direct intent uh, to spread the message and to help Ukraine. So please uh, follow me on uh, all the possible platforms, Oras, Zup. I hope you will provi- provide the links down yeah. below. Of course, that'll be, that'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah, be yeah. and that of will course. be a good start. Uh, also, uh, if you uh, want to do something or you want to, uh, you know, figure things, some things more precisely, mm-hmm. uh, don't simply add or follow me. Uh, don't be shy write me a message uh, i am answering everybody and we'll try to direct you in the good direction or simply um, extend our conversation
0: amazing one last thing from me fill in the blank home is where
1: oh it's absolutely in of ukraine <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> amazing it's been amazing to chat to you and yeah we'll obviously put everything down below that everyone can go find
1: thank Mark. you very much looking forward to seeing ukraine guys
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Remote Life and thank you, Orist, for taking the time to speak with us. You can find links to Orist's work and socials below. Thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to remote work with you again soon.